Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Oh, no, I can't even be bothered with the countdown. I'm too excited. <laughs> Let's just say one, and we're in. Welcome to the Hooked On podcast. It is our last po- podcast before the Royal Rumble itself. We are recording this on Wednesday night, so we're only four days short, five days short even, of the uh, the Rumble itself. I'm excited. I'm sure my guests are excited, so I'll bring them in nice and quickly. First of all, my regular guest, my friend and colleague from Hooked On Wrestling, is Paul Benson. Hello, Paul. Hello, Rob. You okay, mate? Very well, indeed. Getting excited, as I'm, uh, as I'm sure you are. Indeed. And I'm also excited to be able to uh, to bring on our guest tonight. We actually were going for a full hooked. On, I'm not going to call it a reunion because we we see each other and we get together for these shows. But we wanted to get the whole hooked on team on tonight from uh, from the London shows, anyway. But uh, sadly, uh, Big Vic Sangar isn't uh, isn't available tonight. But we'll have him on the podcast on a future uh, future time. But I am very very pleased to be able to bring on uh, part number three but by no means a lesser part in fact a very integral part of our london show it is dj steve cox good evening steve good evening and good moment everybody out there welcome to the podcast great you have to on for the first time and i call you dj steve cox because that's your um not only is it your one of your roles in in life but also on our evenings you are the uh, the man that holds it together audio wise and uh, we're very happy to uh, have you as part of the team are you looking forward to sunday sir Ah, uh, beyond belief. Um, Rumble's always been my favourite event, so looking forward to getting cracking. It's so good to hear you say that. We say that virtually every Rumble, uh, every podcast, Paul, don't we? We talk about, is the Rumble your favourite show? And I think pretty, I think most people, if they're absolutely honest, and people keep hearing me say this podcast up the podcast, but I think it's everyone's favourite. Why would you say it's your favourite since you've, uh, since you've brought it up? <laughs> um, okay, well, I love WrestleMania. WrestleMania is good fun, but it's like... Um... It's like having a massive big bucket of popcorn. You like it at first, then you get a bit bored of it. Rumble, um, it's the other way around for me. It's like I want to get through the early matches to the Rumble match itself. It always seems to be like the best built-up match of the year, um, especially when they do it properly, like they have this year, I think. I do think this has been one of the better builds in, in recent times, not just because some of the... I mean, I think Raw was a bit sketchy towards the end of 2016, but I think they've been back to form a little bit. I still, the three hours is still a bit of a drag, but... Um, I think certainly with their promotion for the Rumble match has been good. It's got me excited to want to see it. And most of all, and we'll get into this in, uh, in a wee bit on the podcast, I think it's so open. I've listened to uh, various different podcasts from different websites, from different contributors this week, as I often do. And I've heard, I think, at least four or five different predictions for winners. There's still a couple more that I have in the back of my head that Paul and I have talked about with other guests here on the, uh, the podcast. We will get into all that because this is going to be a bit of a predictions podcast with a bit of a twist we're not going to just be like everyone else and just do your standard predictions podcast however we also recognize that it's a good tried and tested formula so we're going to try and be like a good wrestling promotion which is keep the basics and put our own little spin on it more on that coming up but before we do we want to get to know you a little bit more steve or at least get our audience to 
Um, in fact, I'm going to go to you now, Paul. Um, I think you've got a quite a good story. Or you can at least start off the story to explain how Stevie joined the team because he's not been there from the start. We're very happy to have him now. But how did Steve become part of Hooked on Wrestling? Well, I'm going to just set the stage and let Steve tell the story because for a start, he was there and I wasn't. But in a nutshell, when we started out, we were a ragtag bunch of clowns um, <laughs> who had this really nice, great idea, but in terms of execution, were, were sorely lacking, and we learned on the job. Um, and one of the things we struggled with in the early days in uh, Belushi's, where we started these parties, was the audio system was terrible. It was just not fit for purpose. Yeah, it, was. Um, it was a stress every time for Vic at the time who was in charge. Um, and then one particular time when I was away, because my son was due to be born, which I mentioned before, um, we had a bit of a nightmare. And luckily, we had an expert on hand, Steve. What happened, Steve? <laughs> what didn't happen? <laughs> uh, well, literally, um, Vic, sort of, I've known Vic for a long time now. Um, I've sort of worked with him, sort of, various places in the wrestling industry which i can go into later um but he asked me if i could bring some music for him because as you said you were away and it was his first time hosting it on his own i think mm-hmm. so um i said yeah no problem i did him a couple of cds and i sort of bring him down to the party I'm, I, i've been going to the parties for um about <coughs> oh excuse me <coughs> sorry i got a throw in my throat um yeah i've been going to the parties for the last Sort of year or so and always enjoyed it and you know in the back of my mind i was always thinking hey i'd like to have a go at sort of djing one of them um but anyway i didn't think anything else of it i just brought some cds for vic and got there and they hadn't set anything up at belushi's the staff at belushi's hadn't plugged in the audio system even so when we got there vic was completely confused as to what what, what to do with that so i just ran up and started playing around with wires underneath the desk and getting it as set up as I could while he was trying to get them to set the video up in the back and they were trying to kick people out of the venue and get people back in the venue and it was all one heck of a big mess but somehow and this has become a bit of a theme with these parties sometimes somehow we managed to pull it all together at the last moment and we actually made it into an amazing experience and everyone sort of went with us and even though it wasn't perfect and the sound was terrible the whole night um we managed to make it a bit special i'm trying to remember exactly which um which time that was paul when when well you remember because you remember when samuel was on yeah of course it was royal rumble 2014 and and i think steve is actually underplaying it slightly he literally saved the day without (laughs) steve that night there would not have been a party steve and his batman headphones (laughs) <laughs> I've still got those somewhere. <laughs> bring them down, Steve. Bring them on Sunday. Yeah, I, open now, but I've still got them. Basically, <laughs> demand them on Sunday, even if it's just as a gimmick. It's like a Cowboy Bob Orton's cast. You might, <laughs> you might not need it, but uh, bring it along anyway. Yeah, that was um, that was the first. I think it's the first one that me and you, or you and I, I should say, get my grammar right, both missed. Paul, I think. I think there's, I've been other ones where. I've been unavailable or, or, or whatever. I think it was the first one that both of us missed because, um, as you say, you had uh, family things going on and I think I had to work um, something rearranged. So, uh, yes, thank you to, uh, to Vic and Steve for stepping wonderfully in the breach. And since then, we've not always been around, all four of us, but I think most of the time we have. So I think it yeah. seems to go well between the, uh, the group of us. Well, it has. And, and to be honest, you know, these things have grown to such an extent that you can't actually imagine doing it with less than the four of us now, can you? And in fact, um, this coming pie, we're going to have a couple more guys 
helping out just so we can take the pressure off Vic and Steve and I. Um, obviously, Rob, you've got pressures of a different type, uh, but they're in hosting, so there's not much we can do about that. Um, but we're just going to add a few more guys to the team to just make it as slick as possible for all concerned and make sure everyone has a, you know, if anyone needs us for anything, we need to come into the breach, then we're, there's always somebody available. Agreed. And I think we should uh, very quickly in this instance thank um Various different people, uh, George and Stoney and Rich and others that you can mention here, Paul, if I've forgotten, who have helped us over the uh, last little while. Yeah, so yeah, just a little shout out to these guys because uh, it's a stone. He's always a guy willing to step in and help out. Um, yeah, George, George McMenemy, uh, Richard Young and Dean Dianosius helped out with the last few as well. Um, I don't think I'm forgetting any after that, but apologies if I am. You can pull me up on Sunday. Okay. That sounds good. Anyway, back to Steve, because that's what we're uh, in the midst of talking about here. Steve, you talked about um, a little bit of uh, an involvement in the wrestling world previously. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Steve, can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, there you are. Carry on, Uh, mate. Sorry about that. Okay, Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers the uh, the little company that was around for about seven or eight years called the FWA. Um, but basically I, um, met up with Alex Shane in 2001, just after the big revival show and, um, sort of said I was interested in getting involved somehow and sort of started off just turning up at the shows and doing some photography. Um, that was to kick things off. And that's where I met, uh, Vikram first of all, cause he, obviously he does a lot of photography as well. Um, but eventually I sort of progressed that forward and ended up being a referee for a little while, um, from about 2003 to about 2005, 2006. Um, lots of fun times were had. I spent time in the ring with CM Punk and Colt Cabana and Doug Williams and various other luminaries of that time and uh, enjoyed my time there a lot and made a lot of good friends of it. I actually genuinely didn't know you were a referee. I've, I've, I've learned something in this as well. <laughs> I can keep it a little bit quiet. Okay, so have you any... any... Just as a, just as a quick one, any good um, any good stories, positive ones. The positive podcast, and we're uh, we're all about enjoying wrestling in uh, in Hooked On. So not a uh, not a dirt dishing story, but any uh, any cool story that comes to your mind that you can think of about this is what uh, a big star that you work with, what they're really like. Well, well first of all, um, I never kiss and tell, <laughs> um, but I will say um, the best experience I had going out after a show with a bunch of wrestlers. Um, it was me, I think Doug Williams was there, Jack Xavier was there, and a couple of our guests for that show were there. Um, one AJ Styles and one Christopher Daniels, I believe. And we were out in the night. We went to a rock bar um, called a Theatre Arts Club down in Soho. And um, we drank, we had fun, we danced to really heavy music. And then outside on the streets of Soho, um, I couldn't stop laughing when AJ Styles decided to give us his rendition of the NSYNC dance. Uh, it was basically a, a twisted running man he was doing, and it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. And people were just walking past us wondering what the heck this southern-accented crazy guy was doing on the streets of Soho at 4 o'clock in the morning. As a, as an aside to that, Steve, that is that theatre arts bar in Soho on Frith Street, I think, is That's my yep. favourite bar in the entire world. <laughs> well, I, there you go. You've got a story about, story about it now. I was, about, I was about to ask whether that was the uh, the arts bar that you and I have uh, frequented before, Paul. Is the one, same? one and the same. Cocktails drunken out of uh, teapots. 
90s cheesy 90s music and uh more shots than i care to think of my poor liver i think that is the only place where i have had um a very strange orange cocktail thing served in a teapot and where I have asked to have a picture taken with a barman because he was wearing a bullseye shirt. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really remember why I did that. I may actually have sent that to uh, TNA's Jeremy Borash, who I knew was a big darts fan, and I think we'd had a bullseye conversation just before. But anyway, that's uh, that really is a, a digression. Um, we uh, we need to get into talking some uh, some rumble stuff. I'm sure we'll uh, find some more uh, good Stevie Cox stories as we go along. But uh, uh, before we do that, um, let's uh, take a. Uh, a brief sojourn down the uh, plugging alleyway, um, because, Paul, this is a good time to uh, tell us where we stand as of Wednesday night when we're recording this in terms of ticket sales, how people can buy them and how fast they are going. Yes. Well, first of all, I'll tell you what we, where we stand in terms of availability. So with Manchester, we have, I think at the last count, about five tickets left for the main room. Um, after that, it'll be spillover party only, which is none of the fun and games, just the Royal Rumble. Um, we've got about 50, 45, 50 tickets left for London. They will, I am 95% sure, sell out before the night. So if you want to come, do not leave it and hope to get in on the door because the chances are you will not get in. Um, Leeds... it, is worth, it is worth pointing out, if I can cut in, that if you are sure. hoping to come on the day, please be aware that we normally sell at least 50 or so tickets on the door. So if you make a, a long travel to um, Temple, in uh, Walkabout Temple, and uh, you miss out, we apologise in advance for that. Um, but uh, as Paul says, it's almost certain to sell out beforehand. And even if we do have some to sell, we will not have many. So please uh, please either book ahead or give us a little tinkle to find out what's left before you set off. Because uh, we wouldn't want you to travel across London on a Sunday to be disappointed. Yep, great shout, Rob. Yep, And, and then the other parties, Leeds, uh, Liverpool, Birmingham, Cardiff, were looking in excess of 150 plus in each venue. But... Um, the chances are they will not sell out before the night. So you're probably going to be okay to turn up with your fiver on the night for those. Um, in terms of booking in advance, you've got a couple of options. Uh, the main booking site is ringsideworld.co.uk. Just search for Hooked On there. Um, if you're going to one of the shooters parties, so that is all of the parties outside of London, um, you can book a table. Um, Leeds and Manchester are sold out for tables, but Birmingham, Cardiff and Liverpool still have availability. And for an extra £5, you can get a guaranteed seat, a beer, uh, which, a Budweiser, should I say, and a burger um, Yeah, for your £5 package. So that's a cracking deal. Um, and you can get that by calling Shooters Direct on 0845 5333 Excellent stuff. And uh, I do encourage everyone... Uh, Wherever you are in the country, if you're umming and ahhing about what to do on Sunday, come and join us um, wherever you can. Um, it's a great night. You can, something you can do on your own. Um, we have loads and loads of people that come. Um, that's, they actually take some time and they say, oh, I've been hearing about these parties and I didn't want to come. And eventually they, they take the plunge and come on their own. And they love it because there's like-minded people around. You're not um, conspicuous by uh, jumping up and down and cheering when you see your favourite guy enter the Rumble. And uh, you will genuinely make lifelong pals. I, I know people that now arrive together that always used to come separately because they've become pals through Hooked On Wrestling. We are putting people together step by step when uh, we are with these Hooked On events. Um, Stevie, um, you've been, uh, you're central to, the, to our London one playing some, uh, some tunes and mostly uh, wrestling tunes all the way through the night to set the, uh, uh, to set the mood. What's your favourite one to put on to really get everyone you know, spot on and in the mood? Maybe at a certain time of night, maybe the last one before the show. You must have some that when you press the button and people react 
it gives you a bit of a chill. Yeah, I've got a couple. I mean, I've always been a bit of a dance floor fan. Um, so whenever I'm DJing, I always sort of save the big songs for the big moments and I want to get the best reactions out of them as possible. Uh, that's why about uh, 10 minutes before the actual rumble itself, you're probably going to hear John Cena's theme just because the whole bar goes crazy when they hear it. Like half the room goes, yay, half the room goes boo as normal. Um, I also like putting on a bit of the uh, Daniel Bryan Ride of the Valkyrie theme because uh, obviously, yes, yes, yes. And I'm actually uh, looking forward to trying out a few new ones this time. I want to see how Sanity goes down. I want to see how um, Jack Gallagher goes down. I think a few of those would be pretty good on the night. Should be fun. Should be a great deal of fun. Yeah, you mentioned when you're DJing. I, sh- I should have pointed out earlier on that uh, you're not some chance of wrestling fan that used to be a ref that plays a couple of CDs, are you? Uh, you've, you've, uh, you've got a bit of a professional background when it comes to the old audios. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been DJing since uh, 1994, I believe, where a concert got cancelled and some guy in a bar said, well, you've got some CDs you want to play for us. And I did and filled the room and made 600 people dance like crazy. Um <laughs> And yeah, I've just been pretty much employed every single weekend since then. Uh, I DJ'd a download festival. I DJ a couple of clubs in London, Project Mayhem. Um, I DJ at the Camden Eye in, well, in Camden. <laughs> I do that pretty much three or four times a month. Um, just starting up a new night as well, which is called Valhalla down at Big Reds in Holloway Road. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, it's, it's not like I haven't DJed before. Um, I, I do have a clue what I'm doing and I'm, I'm pretty good when it comes to reading a room and getting people to move Paul bit of uh, trivia on Big Red on Holloway Road go on <laughs> that was <laughs> the location for the first ever Wrestle Talk taping it was traffic drills and disaster included indeed Bobby Roode Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Roode versus Paul Nicholson on the dartboard that's and the one. various other things Alpha Female was there Joel made, said she looked like someone out of Roxette I thought he was going to get killed um <laughs> But uh, that was a good night. That was good fun. Uh, yes, so uh, back to the Rumble and back to what we're here for. We're going to do a bit of a predictions podcast. But like I say, slight twist. What people do is they sit here and they fantasy book and they think they're going to do this and they think they're going to do that. They second guess. They whinge. We're not going to do any of that. We're going to be quite to the point. We're going to go through the matches reasonably swiftly, talk a little bit about uh, some of our thoughts about some of the performers. And then the predictions will be twofold. We will first of all ask, what would you like to happen? And then we will ask, what do you think will happen? And again, it's not a, a 12-minute diatribe about how you would go about booking Alexa Bliss as champion, but it will be a little bit of a, this is what I would do, but this is what I think they will do. Sometimes it might be the same, sometimes it might be different, and we'll go around. Boys, if there is a, if there is a match you don't necessarily have an opinion on, that's fine. There's no need to crowbar anything. We're not going to be scoring anything. But we're going to go into your sort of uh, gut feelings about these matches as we go one by one. So if everyone's ready, we will kick off... Um, at the kickoff, and um, we'll just have a quick word on a couple of the, uh, sh- the matches that are down as kickoff matches. The first is uh, Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks is the first one that I have on my uh, on my list here. Um, any uh, brief predictions on this one, and what you would do with them, Paul, um, and indeed what you think will happen? Uh, well, okay, very straightforward in terms of what I would want to happen. I would want Sasha Banks to win because I still think she's a potentially the biggest star in the women's division on either show and I'd love to see her get that moment at Wrestlemania decisive moment and beating Charlotte don't think it's going to happen however and I think they're going to have Nia Jax take the win um 
oh, they do like a big guy. She's the Rock's cousin, I believe. Um, and obviously, you hear these rumours about Sasha being cooled off. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a Nia victory, unfortunately. Stevie? Yeah, I'm sad to say I go with that as well. Exactly the same reasons. I love Sasha Banks. Uh, don't know what she's done to deserve what she's getting at the moment. She seems to be uh, in the doghouse a little bit. But uh, nothing against Nia Jax. She's pretty good, but she's about a year away from actually being decent, I think. I'm going to go with a slight twist on that because I think that um, I'm just... When I sketch out the WrestleMania format and the way that they're trying to um, keep both Nia and Sasha involved with Charlotte and Bailey, I just have this feeling about a four-way that they might do uh, at WrestleMania, I feel that that's where they might want to look at and say that look at the progression of people through NXT. We've got four of them in this event, and they can make it into a match. So, in the spirit of keeping both of those reasonably strong, because I think that's where they might get to Mania, I'm going to say that Nia Jax dominates, but Sasha Banks pulls out the win because they, they they like a, a, a babyface win on a, on a preview show on, on a kickoff show, and um, to have a feel good moment. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to, and I actually think that's probably what I would do as well. If if they indeed that's their um, that's their vision, uh, I would actually have held back on Charlotte and Bailey, and I would have done Charlotte and Bailey at WrestleMania, or maybe they still can as a one-on-one with Bailey going close this time, close the next time, and then finally doing it at Mania. So there's a possibility of either of those, but uh, that's how uh, I'm going to uh, call that one. Um, moving on, Sheamus and Cesaro versus uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson for the Raw tag titles. It's also on the kickoff show. Um, starting with you this time, Steve, do you think it's a little bit harsh on, on these four who have had some decent matches and that uh, Sheamus and Cesaro seem to have a, a bit of chemistry going on? This is a Raw tag match, but uh, it's not on the main show. Um, I think it's a disgrace, to be honest. I mean, having, having your flagship tag team belts on the pre-show that's just a bit weird to me i mean this is the match that could kick up kick off the actual event really well and get the crowd really invested um to be honest with you i like guys and anderson a little more than cesaro and sheamus um and i think they might win the titles here um but saying that it's on the pre-show so i wouldn't be surprised if cesaro and sheamus retain as well paul um, well, I think, first of all, I think both of these two teams have been collateral damage um, with the with the New Day's record title run. Obviously, there was at some point during the year, WWE just decided that they wanted New Day to break that record. Um, and these are two teams, one after the other, that probably should have had their time um, and got those belts. And neither of them did. Quite telling that as soon as the record hit... Seamus and Cesaro got the belts. Um, but to me, certainly with Gallows and Anderson, the damage was already done because of how many times they got beaten. So to me, they're kind of damaged goods. And if I'm being completely honest, I've not been as impressed with them as their reputations suggested I should be. Um, Cesaro and Seamus, on the other hand, big fan of those guys as a team. Big fan of Cesaro, singularly. Formerly a big fan of Sheamus um, previously, although he's lost his way in the last couple of years. Um, he is doing some great work playing you know, the straight man Cesaro and the wild card Sheamus, two big bruises. Um, I think they've got bags of potential to be a true, proper babyface, Legion of Doom-style team. Um, and I think, to me, to me, their push is just beginning. So if I was booking it, I would give them the decisive win. Um, I think WWE will probably do the same, although um, maybe in a shadier, more even Stevens fashion. 
Good stuff. Um, I am going to go with something, again, slightly different, but not massively. Um, I like the idea of um, teams being teams, and Gallows and Anderson feel like a team. Uh, and I also think that uh, Cesaro, in particular, uh, is a little too good to be just in a, in a throwaway team. I think they've done a good job. I think it's been entertaining. But I still think Cesaro can be more competitive, higher up the card, and certainly post-WrestleMania, um, when some of the... Uh, the part-timers are out of the way, and there is not so much um, focus on on a, on a Brock Lesnar um, and, a, and a Goldberg and even Undertaker, who kind of is a SmackDown guy, but I still think he's going to be around on Raw in the build-up to Mania. Um, I think they might need some people that are in a strong position, and I think Cesaro could step up to that plate in that post-Mania lull, as it were. So what I would be doing uh, is putting the titles on um, Gallows and Anderson, however that may be. Uh, and seeing where we go with Sheamus and Cesaro down the line. What I think may happen is that I think they may pull the trigger on the breakup. I think that uh, Gallows and Anderson may win, and Sheamus may get fed up of his partner and poleaxe him. And uh, I think there may be a kickoff show for WrestleMania match uh, in Sheamus and Cesaro. I know that's not very uh, ambitious for me saying that I think Cesaro could be in the top tier come post-Mania and only putting them on the kickoff show at... uh, at WrestleMania, but I can see them doing that. And plus, I should say that both of them uh, are in the Rumble. As I uh, look through my list of Rumble entrants, which is by no means a, a exhaustive list, because there's only 22 on the list that I've seen advertised so far. Um, Gallows and Anderson are not in that list, but Sheamus and Cesaro are, which tells me that WWE see a little bit more of them in uh, single acts rather than teams. Any uh, Any thoughts on what I had to say there? Yeah, if I could just step in. I think... Um, for starters, I think it's way too soon to um, end the Cesaro and Sheamus team. I think there's Agreed. a lot of mileage left in. Agreed, I think but I think that's what they'll do. Oh, I, I disagree. I think they've got a long time left to go. But with the Rumble thing, I can see more fun in those two, because obviously they've been quarrelling partners from the start. Those two absolutely going at each other, hammer and tongue in the Rumble and eliminating each other. And then kind of just shrugging their shoulders and like you know shaking their heads and going, oh, bloody idiots. Um I can see that. Kind of that friendly rivalry. I think there's more mileage in that friendly confrontation in the Rumble, in inverted commas, than revenge for for some sort of screw job earlier in the night. Good call. Uh, Just one thing on the uh, Gallows and Anderson thing. Um, Not last Raw, but the one the week before. They had one of the biggest build-up moments I, I can recall in tag teams in a long time for a heel team to win the titles and then get screwed out of them. It doesn't happen. I haven't seen that for a long time. So I think, you know, they should and could get their revenge uh, for that in the Rumble. And that's why I think it should be higher up the card as well, because I think they should be making a bit more of a big deal out of that. Yeah, that was a strange one, that. That was that was the old dusty finish, as they say, with a, a declared vic, uh, victor one way and then another ref coming in to change it around. But they uh, the roles seem to be kind of skewed from what I could tell. That's usually the... Uh, the, uh, the hero team winning and the villain team being the ones that end up keeping the belt. And actually, it was the other way around. So that was a, a slight uh, slight odd move. But uh, moving on, um, it's another tag event. But it's a six-person tag this time. Six-women tag. Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, Natalia against Becky Lynch, Naomi and Nikki Bella. Um, sometimes the throwaway six-woman tag uh, on these shows is, is a buffer between, let's say, AJ and Cena for the WWE title and then a little buffer match between the Rumble. I think that's possible here. However... It is not, dare I say it, and no disrespect meant to any particular former diva on the uh, on the roster. Usually they are sort of four or six or even eight, um, shall we say, models that have learnt two moves. Uh, and that's essentially what they're for. I would say few, if any, 
weak links in this six-person lineup. I think it could be. Uh, I don't think it'd be match of the night. I don't think they even try and do that. But I think it could be a, a fun little six-person tag. Let's go to uh, Paul first. Yeah, I fully agree with that, Rob. Um, obviously, it's been quite hastily put together, but you look at that, and it's not just one of these throwaway six or eight women tag team matches. You look at there's three different feuds. Um, as of SmackDown last night, you've got Nikki Bella and Natalia, um, Alexa Bliss and Naomi, and uh, Mickey James. Hi, Mickey, um, and um, Becky Lynch. That is, so, by the way, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. Hi, Mickey. <laughs> what's that about of course she's listening I'm sure she is but what are we doing passing notes in class now <laughs> goodness me I've anyway, warned, by the way uh, I've warned you about friend of the show <laughs> I saw you somewhere else put this week on social media put friend of the show I don't like that so don't start with hi Mickey hi Mickey if you are listening it's wonderful if you are listening brilliant but I will uh, I, I will yeah you, I will scold you yellow card move on <laughs> anyway, as I was saying before I so rudely interrupted, um, unusually three distinct feuds represented. So it's actually a match that has every reason to happen. They've been fantastically well um, in the way they've booked the, uh, the the women's division on SmackDown. Way, you know, obviously the talent might not be quite good as the Raw division, arguably it is, but light years ahead in terms of booking because that's, there's two feuds out of that three, out of those three that have been well established that have got some juice behind them already and you want to see these guys go at it. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's, it is not a throwaway match. It's a genuinely decent match to put on the card. Who's going to win? I honestly haven't got an, uh, an opinion or an idea on that. I don't think it really matters. Um, as long as one of the few, one, at least one of the fuses is, um, is furthered by it. If I had to put my neck on the block, um, I'm going to say the faces win because it's going to be a fairly heel heavy night. I think. Steve. Ooh, heel heavy night, eh? Um, I disagree slightly with that. I, I think uh, with her big main day de- re-debut on the roster, Mickey's probably going to get the pin on this one. Um, again, I think it's been built up fairly well for half of it. I mean, Becky, uh, Mickey and um, Alexa have been bouncing off each other for the last few weeks. So that's good. Obviously, Natalia and Nikki have been sort of bouncing with each other for a while as well, although I'm not quite sure where Natalia's character's going. It's like some weird mental breakdown she's having. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the match. I'm, I'm not too bothered on who wins, but I can see the Hill team winning. I think uh, I don't really have a, something I can say in terms of what I would do here. I think it's um, largely insignificant. And I don't mean that as a, a criticism, but no one really remembers who wins six women tag matches. So um, I'm not so worried about who wins. But what I think they may do, and this is a bit of a cop-out answer, I think the babyfaces will win. But I th- and I, I'm copping out on who I think will make the four, because I think this is the kind of match where you can have someone pin Alexa and basically be sat up, set up as the... Uh, as the next challenger. So they, um, if in doubt, um, it used to, the rule used to be if in doubt, Cena wins. Um, if in doubt, Nikki Bella wins uh, kind of fits as well. Um, so I think there's a possibility that they may um, get away from the, uh, the Nikki Bella, Natalia thing and try and get the belt on someone like Nikki. I can see a Mickey James uh, v Nikki Bella um, WrestleMania match in some ways. Uh, there are other ways um, which I can't and why that would be very interesting. Um, but uh, I can uh, I could definitely see that as being a, a more of a marquee lineup. It feels to me that um, Mickey James is a very good wrestler, a very nice person. Hi Mickey, um, but uh, 
and I'm sure we'll be putting some stuff back into the business. I'm sure they'll be, she'll be used as a, as a trainer, all those kind of things as well. But the timing of her return in January, when you're in WrestleMania season, suggests to me that you might think Mickey James could be in a, in a major match at WrestleMania. Um, you bring back some people with a bit of recognition. And in the past, you know, they've brought in Trish or whoever. I think Mickey hasn't got it on the Trish Stratus level, but I think that she does have some recognition. And I think she could um, tip over one or two people that are thinking about Mania when they look at Brock and Goldberg and they, you know, various others that they might come back. Ah, oh, Mickey James, I remember her. Um, I think there might be a little bit in that. So I can see Nikki Bella as the, uh, the victor in the sixth person. Um, Nikki Bella to win the title at uh, uh, a future pay-per-view. Will that be on the Elimination Chamber, I guess, uh, in a couple of weeks' time? Uh, and then uh, Nikki versus Mickey at WrestleMania. That's where I'm going on that one. Okay. Moving on, uh, we're still with... Uh, we'll be back with titles. Everything from uh, all the rest of these singles matches are all title matches. The next one is Rich Swan versus Neville, Cruiserweight title, Stevie. Yeah. Okay, this is probably the one I have the least amount of opinion with. Um, I'm not a big fan of Swan. I do like Neville a lot, um, so I'm hoping Neville will win. But that's about what I've got to say about it. Fair enough. Paul? Um, I kind of share Stevie's apathy on this. I think they've done a horrible job um, with the Cruiserweights since they came back. You know, And that's not an exaggeration. I think it's been a dreadfully booked division. Um, nobody stands out. The problem they face is that, you know, 20 years ago when the WCW Cruiserweights were doing their thing, they were doing something completely different from the from the old guys at the top of the card. So they looked amazing. But now when you've got main events with AJ Styles and Seth Rollins and whatnot in, they don't stand out. And in fact, they're not even doing stuff as, as dynamic as the main eventers. So to me, it's an absolute dud. I'm sorry if that sounds really negative, but I've just got zero interest at all. Jack Gallagher's a bright spot. I like him. Cedric Alexander's pretty cool. And I'm sure Tazawa when he comes in next week and Grand Metalik when they come back, they're going to light things up a bit. But right now, yep, yeah, thumbs down. Um, it's the most obvious match on the card to me. It's a mortgage job on Neville, I think. Both what I, both what I want to see and what I think we'll see. Uh, I vary quite a lot on opinions here. Um, I don't think they've done a great job. I'm certainly going to uh, stop a long way short of that. However, I think they're gradually getting there. Um, they've given a little bit more time in the last few weeks, funnily enough, um, to three British lads. I think to Noam Dar, to Jack Gallagher and uh, to Neville. I think Gallagher is one of those. I think Vince is fascinated with Gallagher uh, or Gallagher. Um, I, so I think that um, there's a little bit of a future, short-term future for, for Jack, because I think Vince kind of finds him quirky in a bit of the old um, uh, Commissioner Regal uh, kind of style. The, yeah, the, isn't it fun that the British guy with a funny moustache? But that sort of works for Jack. Um, and I think that Neville has been a bit of a revelation since he's come back. Um, I probably would give Neville the title. Um, I don't mind Rich Swan, but they've not gone... It's the kind of gimmick that you need to go fully with, a bit like a... Even like I'm not saying he's the same kind of wrestler, but a bit like a Brodus Clay, and go really all in and give him a big entrance and the dancing and all that kind of thing. Um, they haven't gone with him, so he just looks like just a silly dancing chump, and he never gets any mic time. So um, I would definitely go Neville and uh, set up Neville defending the cruiserweight title almost all the time, uh, a la Cena's um, open challenge. But unfortunately, that might get Neville over as a bit of a baby face. So I think what they might do is keep it on Swan, and I'm kind of going with the same prediction. I'm hoping I get one of the two right um, regarding Nia Jax and Sasha Banks, which is that I think Neville may dominate this one and either a distraction or a bad refereeing call 
or something like that leads to uh, Neville losing, or maybe a bit of showboating leads to him losing inside Cradle, or something like that. Um, and Neville is also not, I believe, in the uh, in the Rumble, um, and his character at the moment is basically a whiner. Why aren't I getting chances? Why aren't I? Why am I being overlooked? And I think why did the referee make such a bad call? Why am I not in the Rumble? Fits his character at the moment, and I don't think that's that's not a complaint, by the way. I think it's a great character, uh, and he's going places with it. I hope it leads to them saying. We don't need to have this guy in the cruiserweight um, position. We can bring him up the way because he is absolutely worth more um, than a cruiserweight show. As you rightly pointed out, gents, they're not overly invested in. We shall move on. Uh, it's the Raw Women's Championship next on my list. Charlotte versus Bailey. I already mentioned um, some of my thoughts on the, uh, the women's title picture. So I'll just uh, finish it off by saying I think Charlotte is one of the best champions. And I mean champions as in world champion WWE champion, TNA champion, WCW champion. She is one of the best champions I can ever remember seeing. I think she embodies being a champion. Of course, she's going to with Ric Flair as a father. But she, she to me, is right up there with various others. And I include Bret Hart. I include uh, Nick Botwinkle. Um, I include others that just it just came out and just looked like a champion at all times. I think she's terrific. Um, and I would absolutely keep it on her until Mania, in which case I would have had Bailey. Um, beat her there i still think you can do that so um i would have charlotte win a straight up wrestling match with a little bit of heel heel act going on in the middle but i would have her win had her bailey come really close a couple of times and then probably just squeak it out of wrestlemania that's how i would go um steve let's go to you what would you do with uh, uh booking these uh, these women and indeed what do you think will happen this sunday uh, well i totally agree with your comments on um charlotte she carries herself like a champion when she comes out with a belt you look at her and you think yeah, that makes sense. Um, she's amazing in the ring. She puts a lot of time and effort into what she does. Um, I hated what they were doing with her and Sasha when they were flip-flopping the belts a lot. That just, that, that did my brain in. I, I couldn't work out why they were doing it. It's like she wins it on Raw, then she wins it back on like the pay-per-view, and then she loses it again, she wins it back again. So I'm going to say here they're going to keep it on Charlotte Flair until WrestleMania, like you said. And Bailey's not going to win. She's going to be a plucky loser, and they're going to try and build Bailey up um, for a WrestleMania match. Paul, um, yeah, echoing what you guys said, I think Charlotte is a phenomenal champion. Um, I think she embodies exactly what it is to be a champion. I think we'll see a situation in the women's division similar to what her dad pulled off in the eighties, whereby peren- she's the perennial champion for years and years and years, with baby faces coming in taking it occasionally from her but very quickly it goes back to charlotte with the money being in chasing that phenomenal heel champion in fact um sam our designer and i were going back and forth on the wrestlemania poster designs this week and he came up with a couple of designs for me for instance with um kevin owens with the universal title around his waist i said look we've got to get these printed before the rumble um if he loses that belt beforehand immediately these are out of date so let's nix the title belts. So then he came at me and one of the post, one of the events we're doing is going to have Charlotte on the poster. And he came at me with a picture of her without a belt, as I'd, as I'd asked. I said, you know what? It just doesn't look right. It just does not look right having a picture of her without the gold. So to me, it's already such a big part of her character. And the moment where someone takes that from her decisively, is a WrestleMania moment. So agreeing with you two guys, I think they will keep it on her. Um, she'll beat Bailey by nefarious means and uh, then drop it, hopefully, to, to Bailey or Sasha at WrestleMania. 
I am staying off the betting websites this week because I have a tendency to uh, have a sneaky look and see what the odds are, and then I find out very short odds, and it gives away some uh, surprises for me, uh, a la Zack Ryder winning the money in the bank. Not the money in the bank, but the the ladder match at WrestleMania last year. I was like, there's no way he'll win. Looks on Paddy Power, one to six, clearly going to win. So I suspect if I go on and look now, Bailey will probably be about one to ten. Uh, because we've all said Charlotte for definite, and if we've all said it's definite, then it's probably going to be the opposite. Uh, but uh, no, in all seriousness, I think um, Charlotte feels like a lock. Um, to answer something you said there, Steve, my thought on the belts going one way or another, I think they were basically trying to establish there's not much in it between these two. They're basically level. One isn't necessarily better than the other, but um, you can't do that with just trading wins uh, unless you do like a best of seven series, which I could have done. Um, without having the belt go backwards and forwards. So I think their idea was twofold. One was to say these two are about as good as each other. And the second to say that Charlotte's just got something on big matches. And they're they're building this story about her being so good on pay-per-view, didn't lose on pay-per-view in a singles match in 2016. I think her overall record is something like 17-2, and they said. Um, So they are building up this Charlotte's fantastic on pay-per-view, which is a very smart thing to do because whenever you build a streak, the idea of building a streak, and I always said this about Undertaker, the idea of building a streak is so that you can break it at some point. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that Lesnar was the right guy, but I always said at some point, Undertaker streak has to break. And those that said, oh no, he should go in undefeated, I think it's nonsense because this is a work, this is not a real sport, and uh, and in the background that 1920s car seems to agree with me. Um <laughs> I, hope that came, I hope that came across. I wasn't sure what it was. Um, let, let's, I think that might be the signal to move on. Um, so we'll go on to uh, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns in a no disqualification match, it says on my screen here, um, for the WWE Universal Championship with Chris Jericho in the shark cage. Um, this has been talked about for a while, Paul, as being the vehicle that gets the title back onto Roman Reigns um, so that he can set up whatever contender... Uh, at WrestleMania, is that too obvious? Is it the right thing to do? What do you say? Um, tricky one. I I keep going back and forth on this one. Actually, you know, I'm I'm no great fan of Roman Reigns, but equally, I'm I'm not one of the boo boo boys that despise everything he does. I just think he was put in the wrong place at the wrong time um, last year. But to me, you know. WrestleMania babyface wins are all the better when their babyface takes that title. Um, something about them just defending it doesn't hit home quite as hard. So if they really want to push Roman Reigns, he should be winning that title um, at WrestleMania. Uh, having said that, I think what we're looking at for WrestleMania is an Owens-Jericho program over the US title. So if I was putting my money on, I would probably go with Reigns taking the belt here. Um Maybe Jericho drops a pole down from the cage and it lands in Reigns' hand and waffles Owens with it. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I I think I would go with Owens taking the win um, and then going on to WrestleMania to face somebody. Um, And I'd have Reigns um, taking a loss and then finding a way into the WrestleMania event if that's the way they want to go down the line. Okay, what do you say, Steve? Hmm. This is a weird one for me. Um, I kind of see Owens keeping the belt. So I I think that's what's going to happen. But I think what might happen is we might see a Reigns turn still. So perhaps Chris gets down from the cage and everyone's cheering him on and then Reigns just goes crazy on him and causes disqualification. Or something happens where 
you know, we finally get the turn that everyone's been begging for. Because I, I know they put in all their horses on reins, um, being like the face of the company, but it's plainly not working in the way that it's worked for Cena in the past. Um, and they need to do something with him because at the moment, anything they're doing with him is just boring me. And that includes this match. So I'm just praying they're doing something clever. Uh, what I think will happen is Reigns will win clean and win the belt. But hey, I hope not. I think that's the safe one, isn't it? That uh, if we're betting on things, Reigns wins. I can see them doing a way of getting out of it by having uh, some sort of DQ thing that frustrates Reigns. And I think he'll be the champion before Mania, but there is another pay-per-view to go. So um, I can see them. I can. I would certainly say Reigns to win is a pretty safe bet. Reigns to win cleanly by pinfall i would say it's probably the most likely but i certainly wouldn't rail out some sort of dq uh which means that uh, uh owen somehow keeps the belt i like your idea paul of um if you're going to do the owens jericho breakup this time or at least start to push towards it that jericho does something um drops something from the cage um to cost owens that's a, that's a good bet as well um just quickly on on reigns this is a subject which has been done to death in lots of places so i won't do it um at great length but those that say that um, Reigns is very, not very good, I point them to the Cena example. Reigns is excellent. Reigns is a long way down the line past as, you know, where Cena was at this sort of stage of Cena's career, and I've always rated Cena. I think Reigns is absolutely excellent. His mannerisms are good. Um, you know, he's crisp. He works well. He's good for a big guy. He looks convincing. He's just not a, he's just not a baby face. And this thing of... You know, I've been listening to people saying let's turn Cena heel for 10 years and they're still wrong and they always will continue to be wrong because John Cena is a hero. There may be one heel turn in him at some point, but you won't be able to turn him back again um, unless people latch on to him as this huge legacy star like they did for Hogan. Because once you turn Hogan heel, he was kind of heel for years and then eventually the crowd just went, you know, screw what you've done. It doesn't matter that you um, tried to kill The Rock in a big automobile accident. You're Hulk Hogan and we're going to cheer you anyway. Um, so unless people do that with Cena, which they may do in five years' time, but they won't do now, um, I think you have to keep Cena a hero forever. Um, I don't think that with Reigns. I think you can do the Rock thing with Reigns, which is to say, okay, you're a terrible babyface. Let's make you a heel, make you brilliant at that for a couple of years. And then eventually this crowd might just want to cheat you because they realize you're really good. Um, and that is where I would stand on Reigns. So I definitely would turn him. I'm not the only person in the world. The trouble is it, it's quite hard to do because all of your heels are being cheered and you your baby faces are being booed because how do you turn Roman heel on Owens because Owens is a cheered heel so you need to turn Roman on a beloved baby face which is who I can't work it (laughs) but Jericho uh, Jericho currently is a heel so it's like although he's being cheered by there ignore the crowd reaction Jericho is a heel right now so you need to have Reigns turn on someone the only thing I can see is that let's say that Reigns I don't see him turning heel in this match I can see him winning this match, and I can see him turning heel on by costing him the Royal Rumble. Dun, 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 the Undertaker. If you're going to turn Reigns heel, you, to me, you turn him on Taker. Because Taker is utterly beloved, and you can Reigns is going to get booed anyway, whatever he does. Turn him against someone that is an absolute, definite, 100% babyface. I think Undertaker is practically the only one that they have. So do it to Taker. Do Reigns and Taker at WrestleMania. Maybe even have Reigns beat Taker. I wouldn't be upset about that at all. And have Reigns gradually, as Mania goes on, turn into a cocky prick. And that is the way you make Reigns into your big heel. And then post-Mania, you can send some people after Reigns with the Universal title. 
Um, although it kind of means that a SmackDown guy has to win the Rumble. I haven't completely thought that through. Um, but there is, <laughs> there, is a way of, uh, there is a way of doing it to me that you could do Reigns v Undertaker. And I will come to a, a little bit more Taker stuff later on when we get to the Rumble match. But what do you think of that little plan, guys? Uh, I, I'm sorry, Steve, you go. Um, I, yeah, I would have gone with that um, had it been possible to have him do the same thing to Rollins. Rather than Taker, can you imagine him going after Rollins instead? and have the uh, shield break up again, build him up as the heel, maybe give him to Paul Heyman, and just make him, as you said, a cocky prick. Oh, I like that. Heyman as his mouthpiece, because Reigns can't talk. I, I love his mannerisms. I think he's a fantastic wrestler. He does lots of great things, but he can't talk. I don't believe anything he says at any time. So if you give him to someone like Heyman, I think he got money there as a heel. I, I, really lo- I love that. I love Heyman. I love Reigns as being a Heyman guy, a heel Heyman guy. And you can have Heyman around more often doing the heel work for Roman. Um, Roman versus Seth. The, the thing is, they're not going to do Roman versus Seth because they're going to do Seth versus Triple H. I'm fairly certain. Oh, absolutely. But if you were to do that, that's a great way of doing it. And then down the line, you can book Des Lesnar versus Reigns again down the line somewhere with, yeah. Bro- with Brock as a baby face. I really love that as a, as a narrative. I don't think they're going to do it. Nope. Um, and I don't see it happening. If, it, if they do, it's a thing for post-mania. But uh, I do like that. Oh, we've had some good ideas come out of this show so far. Um, Paul, anything else on uh, on this match? Or we will uh, move on to uh, what I think is going to be the highlight of the night. No, just say I, I think that's a cracking idea. Um, if you remember back to the build-up to WrestleMania 31, Heyman's already professed his respect for Roman Reigns. So it wouldn't exactly be an unnatural uh, turn of events. Um, I love the idea of Reigns costing the Undertaker in a Royal Rumble. And uh, I think I've got just the plan, funnily enough, dovetailing with what I'll say in the next two matches to get there with a SmackDown guy winning a Royal Rumble as well. Nice. That's a, that's a good tease. Um, but we will go on to the WWE title. It's the SmackDown world title, if you like. Um, it's currently held by AJ Styles, and he's defending against John Cena. Um, it's a rematch from what Hooked On Events called the best match of 2016, um, which was AJ versus Cena at SummerSlam. It's the last time the Hooked On Events was live in our venues, and we had a hell of a night watching uh, that match in particular. Um, boys, they can't live up, can they? Let's start with you, Paul. They can't live up to that, can they? Never say never. Um, you've got the best wrestler in the world against possibly the best, no, not possibly, the best big match wrestler in WWE. Who's um, to say what they can do? Like that SummerSlam match was absolutely phenomenal, but um, there's always another level. They can always get better, and especially now they've got a title involved and all this build-up with these, you know, the amazing promos and the amazing animosity they've properly built up between each other over the last six months. I, I'm not betting against anything. I'm expecting I'm expecting a phenomenal, phenomenal match. Okay. Uh, Steve, uh, Paul didn't predict anything then, but I'm going to come back to him because he said he's got something planned. So, um, uh, Steve, over to you for uh, uh, a what would you do and what will they do? Well, this matchup is um, just reminding me of, like, Hogan versus Savage. You've got the epic baby face who doesn't get the respect he deserves as a wrestler going against probably the best wrestling machine on the planet um aj's you know he's he is what he says he is he's phenomenal he's absolutely incredible um cena he's a lot better than people think he is and you know he deserves a lot more respect than he gets this one i can't see cena taking the title 
Um, so if Cena wins, it'll be something screwy, um, like AJ cheating to k- keep his belt. Um, I can still see AJ winning it cleanly, though. Um, and I think they'll save Cena's next title run for a bigger moment than the Royal Rumble. So I think this could lead to WrestleMania. Oh, you think they could uh, they could do another AJ versus Cena match at Mania? Is I that what you're do. Saying? I, I, I just think... Cena's next title run is the big one, isn't it? It's when he takes the 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 record off of Flair. So that's got to happen on a bigger stage than this. He won't take the title here. No way. I'm absolutely convinced of that. If he takes it, it'll be at WrestleMania. Okay. Over to you, Paul. I'm tr- I think I've worked out um what you're who you're gonna say for uh for the, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going, but I think I, <laughs> I may just, I may just subtly send you a little message on our Skype call here, just to uh, tell you what I think you're going to say. Um, feel but, uh, free, feel off, free. But... Off you go though with uh, with this match. And if you would like to take this and throw forward into the Rumble match, um, I will let you have your head and do that. And then once you're done, we'll let, we'll run down the Rumble. Okay, that's a good idea. Right. So um, for weeks, I've been running with the fact that John Cena was going to win this match. I thought it was. Um the right time I thought he'd go into Mania with the belt against Undertaker so he'd have the belt against the career I just thought yep this is the way to go um but then literally over the past few days things have been formulating in my head um and now I think Styles is going to take it I think he's going to keep the belt uh, I think he's going to frustrate Cena um and I think Cena is going to be going on um to other endeavors at Wrestlemania um, and Styles will be defending the belt against the SmackDown Royal Rumble winner, who I think will be, and let me just check Rob's message to see whether he's guessed it or not. Uh, I can't see it, so I'll look later. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Samoa Joe. Oh, no, I was never going to say that. Samoa Joe. Now, here's my thinking, okay? Royal Rumble's been going on for nigh on 30 years, 28 years now, I think it is. They've told a lot of stories. Um, you know, there's a lot of scenarios winning from number one, winning from number 30, um, the first two in there being the last two in there, a 20 minute match at the end of it. They've told every story. What they've never done is tell the story of the man debuting in the Royal Rumble match and winning his first night in largely because there's never really been a scenario where that's credible and possible. But now we come to Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's got the credibility. Most of the fans know who he is. He's the right age. He's tried. He's tested. He's even been in the NXT system for over a year now. It is his time. If he's not going to have a big Mania match this time out, he may never have one. What better way to debut him than him coming in at, say, number 23, 24, winning the Rumble, and then going on to face AJ Styles, Either and it really doesn't matter which one's the heel and which one's the babyface at WrestleMania for that title. And then going beyond that, can you imagine the three ways, the triple threats, the uh, the various one-on-one combinations post-Mania between Styles, Cena, and Joe for that SmackDown title? It's it's mouth-watering. Sir, I commend you on your endeavour. I commend you on you sitting down, thinking about this, building up something in your mind, putting it together, booking every strand out so you have the possible, uh, the perfect possible narrative. Uh, it's also complete mental science fiction, uh, <laughs> and it, it is about as likely as uh, your team Grimsby Town winning uh, Sky Bet League 2 this year. Um, uh, it would be great fun. 
great fun. Uh, no, not going to happen. Um, I'm going to go so far as to say I don't even think Joe's going to be in the Rumble. Um, I just don't think they have that kind of plan for him. I think they see him as a, as a good worker in NXT. And maybe at some point, if they're really in the cart, they might chuck on SmackDown to have some good mid-card matches. I honestly think they don't see Joe as anything more than maybe a, a part. I hope they're wrong, because I think Joe's absolutely excellent. Um, I don't think he's as good as he used to be. And and, that, and he's still really, very, very good. But um, I just personally don't see that. But it's a, it was a hell of a, uh, a hell of a story that you told there. Um, I'll just do my quick thought on uh, Cena versus Styles before they, um, they get into this. Um, I said earlier on that... Um, default position is um if in doubt cena wins and i just look at this and think when they put cena into this match um why would you put him into it only for him to lose unless there is some story about again someone costing someone uh, a match and that's how you get to to cena's um uh, ultimate Re- wrestlemania opponent if i'm if i'm just looking at how they do things i think cena wins um Am I right in saying that the Elimination Chamber is in a couple of weeks and it's a SmackDown pay-per-view? Is that right? Correct. Yeah, so I think Cena wins here. I think they put five different people up against him at the Elimination Chamber and he wins there um, because that's what they do with John Cena. The thing that I have is that I don't have a contender for him at Mania. If I'm going with my new Reigns versus Undertaker thing, um, I don't have a Cena contender uh, at WrestleMania unless they relax... Um, the uh, the rules on the on who wins the belts in terms of if a raw guy wins the 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 rumble does that mean that he can only face the raw champion we're all assuming that it does I don't think they've said that I think they've basically said that they earn a main event position I don't think they've even said about having a title shot from what I can tell or a championship opportunity as they would probably call it I think they've only really said that it's a shot at the main event so let's say I'm going to say that. The um, all along we've been assuming that Braun Strowman has been built up for um, Undertaker or Reigns. Um, we've certainly talked about it a lot on this podcast. I am going to stick this. I'm throwing this ahead, and I'm already giving you my prediction for the Rumble match. But I'm calling Braun Strowman to win the Rumble, but he doesn't challenge um, Kevin Owens, uh, who you know, or uh, Roman Reigns. Um, he goes away and he faces John Cena. So that's what I'm as my revised lineup. Um, the top two title matches in my lineup. I'm not saying I like it, but I'm saying that I could absolutely see Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker and Braun Strowman versus John Cena as your two big title matches for WrestleMania. There you have it. Paul? I I like it broadly. Um, Cena versus Strowman's pretty classic Cena big man feud. Um, and you're right, you know, there's no telling that the, whoever wins the Rumble has to challenge their own champion. In fact, in the previous days of the brand split, that absolutely wasn't the case. They got carte blanche to char- challenge whoever they wanted. Um, so there's, you know, there is no reason why a raw guy, any raw guy, couldn't go over and challenge Cena for the belt. Absolutely. Stephen, I had to go to Paul for his being science fiction. Am I talking nonsense as well? Uh I don't know. It, it, it's a tricky one, this Royal Rumble. Anything can happen. I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You're probably right. That's very kind. 
<laughs> I think you're being nice because I'm the host of this podcast, <laughs> and you've got to work with me on Sunday. And I, I didn't, just, I didn't afford either of you those niceties, and I was just rude and honest. But uh, what I will, what I will say, Rob, is in if we're talking, you know, reality, your scenario is probably way more likely than mine. Yeah, I am. I'm, I was. I have to say that that is absolutely not what I would do. There's lots of other reasons, lots of other things that I would do to entertain me and to to, to entertain what I think the WWE universe would like. Um, but I can, ju- I just default position is the guys that they like. Um, that's how they build them. If I'm being honest, I don't really think that the Roman Reigns Undertaker thing is all that likely. I'm just, I'm kind of projecting that at some point they might realise the Roman Reigns thing. They might even do Reigns v Undertaker as a respect thing, and Undertaker shakes his hand, and they're just trying to get Reigns over as the babyface even more. But I, I just, the more I think about where you can go with Taker if it's not Cena. Um, it, it just pushes me down that road, and I can I can I can just see it, and it offers that opportunity as well. If you want to do that with Reigns, there's one other thing, which I'm gonna I'm gonna admit to where I got this from, and um, was that I was uh, looking on Twitter first thing this morning, and just um, I wasn't looking at uh, any spoilers from SmackDown last night, but uh, uh, I was looking at some um, um, some tweets that the various people have sent in, and I um, I'm not a subscriber to his newsletter, but I do follow Dave Meltzer on Twitter, and someone said to Meltzer something about Undertaker. How come Undertaker's on Raw twice this month when he's a SmackDown guy? And Meltzer said he's probably going to work with a Raw guy at Mania. Now, if you read into that, then that's probably Strowman. But I would say there's a possibility that it could be Roman Reigns. And they have had a little bit um, you know, of interaction, not very much, but there's a little bit there. Um, the Shield and Undertaker have done some things in the past. There, is, there, are, there are ways that you can get to it and I think that Taker gets to wrestle who Taker wants to wrestle if he pulls the card. And I can just see Taker saying, you're struggling with this guy. Let me have a go. And that's that's kind of where I've literally formulated this today, having seen that this morning. Um, so that is me kind of showing my workings, as it were. Um, but, um, yeah, that's the that's the thought process. Um, let's get on to the, uh, the Rumble match itself. Let's set it up properly and then we continue this discussion. Um, as it is, at this moment, I can find the biggest list of entrants that I can find numbers 22 people. Um, which, I have to say, on a, you know, four days before the Rumble is not that many. I would think they would normally go a little bit higher than that, but leave a couple of gaps for uh, some surprises. But here are the ones that I have so far. This contains a, a minor SmackDown spoiler, but only a minor one. Um, if you've got this far in the podcast, you're probably okay uh, with the minor spoiler that I'm about to do. Um, so this is the list as I have it. Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Kofi Kingston, Big E, Xavier Woods, Braun Strowman, Chris Jericho, Baron Corbin, The Undertaker, Dean Ambrose, The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, Seamus, Cesaro, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Big Show, Sami Zayn, Big Cass, Rusev, and Mojo Rawley. That is the list of uh, entrants that I have so far. Um, we can touch briefly on uh, a few others that we think may be in there uh, in due course. Um, but uh, over to you, uh, Steve, I think, in terms of uh, who stands out for you as being the one or two you know, main contenders, and we'll get you, get you to pick a, a one in particular uh, one that you would like to, um, to choose as you think that they would go with but also what is the one that uh, that stands out to you as if you could take a direction that you would do uh, see it's tricky because uh, I think this is probably the most open Royal Rumble I've ever seen um, you listed a lot of good names there um, but they've kind of created mini angles going into the Rumble so I can see Braun and Big Show clashing at some point. 
being a big deal and they both get eliminated. Um, I'd like to see Corbin do well. I uh, don't know how well he'll do. I'd like to see Jericho do well. Wouldn't it be funny if Jericho wins the Rumble and Owens wins his match and they go to meet at WrestleMania? I think that'll be fun. Right. Um, I think Brock and Goldberg will get eliminated very close to each other. And I expect what will happen there is um, Brock will see Goldberg getting eliminated, be laughing at him over the ropes, as we've seen a few times before, and then someone will toss Brock out. Um, it's I can't see Undertaker winning just because he's the Undertaker and he doesn't really need to win it. Uh, yeah, so I've kind of talked myself into a bit of a hole. I can't see anyone winning it in the moment. Oh no, winner! Excellent. That'll be uh, that'll be great. It's a draw. Yes, um, so Steve, Steve predicts a draw in the Royal Rumble. That's going to be uh, interesting. No, well, come I, on. I'm going to pin, pin you down. I'm going to pin you down. Let's let's pick one. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be someone we haven't seen yet. Um, and if it's Joe, that's great. If it's Balor coming back, that's even better. No one said anything about him. Um, but I heard a little rumour that um, the next 48 hours will let them know whether he's ready to go or not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. I'd be happy to see Braun, Joe, Nakamura, Rude, Bala, Corbin or Jericho win. I don't mind. I'm just happy to watch the Rumble. Bobby Roode for the Royal Rumble. Oh, be glorious! If only there was a word that we could use to uh, sum that, up, that, that, that prediction up. Uh, <laughs> what is that word? Oh yes, fantasy. Um, yeah, just a bit. But that would, be, uh, that would be fun as well. Go on then, Paul, your turn. Um, well, okay, so you've heard my wish list scenario. Guns in my head, betting scenario, Undertaker. Um I still think he's going to win it. I don't know where he's going to go. Charge. Maybe what you were saying about Reigns taker, Reigns winning the belt taker, challenging at Mania. Who knows? I just feel like it's his time. I think they've really focused on the three old chaps, um, Goldberg, Lesnar, Taker, the three bull elephants in the Rumble. Um, taker is the you know Lesnar and Goldberg have probably got a collision course with each other at Mania. So to me, Taker looks like the winner. I believe. What I wanted to ask you guys, though, just a slightly more interesting um, question about the Rumble. Predictors, I want, if, I want to do two things, if you, if you don't mind, Rob. I want us all to predict the final four and the first two. Okay. Who's going to go first? You've taken over now as brief as brief host. That's why. No, <laughs> okay. I don't, and, I don't, and I don't mind that, but uh, you decide who goes next. Go on then, Rob, you go first. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say, here's my opening two. Um, I am going to genuinely open the Rumble. Number two. In fact, I'm going to start with number two. I am going to say that number two in the Royal Rumble is Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I know that he came in. I know that was the AJ thing was in at three last year, so you probably could do him reasonably early on. But I think if you are going to do Nakamura, you bask in that entrance. It's the same thing with Balor. Unless you bring in Balor late and have him win, then the place to bring him back is early so he can do the demon and, you know, have, and then have a good showing and get eliminated later on. Um, that's how you do him. So I am going to have um, Nakamura out as number one, uh, as number two. And I think he needs to eliminate someone early that's really good that can live up to him. But he needs to eliminate them early to show who he is. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Dolph Ziggler. 
I think he might have been in that position before, and it's a bit harsh for him to go out in two minutes. But at the minute, they don't have anything for Ziggler. They need someone that can work. Do you know what? You could also do Sami Zayn in that position. And again, it would be really harsh for someone like Zayn, who's been in the main event in the recent weeks on Raw. But he has worked with Nakamura. They've got a bit of a history. Um, so I'm going to go Ziggler and Nakamura, or maybe Zayn and Nakamura, if you don't eliminate Zayn too early uh, and keep them on that. But that would be my opening two. Um, uh, as a final four... Um, they have gone quite towards um, those that are looking like winning uh, in recent years. So it's not like I'm not, I can remember a, a final four, which was something like Hogan, Mr. Perfect, one of the nasty boys and, I don't know, Hercules or something. Um, and it, was, you know, it wasn't really a shock to see who was going to win that one. Um, so I'm going to go with, like I say, they tend to give you four that could win. I'm going to say Strowman, Taker, Jericho and... And I'm going to keep Nakamura in. I'm going to say he's, he's, he's an hour man. And they keep him in that whole time. And then he gets eliminated by Strowman. Reigns uh, affects Undertaker. And then Strowman throws out Jericho. And uh, there's your final. Okay. Steve, same question. Yeah, interesting picks there. Um, I love the idea of Zane going in first. I just do. Um, it could be the match that cements him as being good enough. Because at the moment, he's kind of hovering in that sort of, uh, is he any good, really? You know, even though he's had some cracking matches, he's had some stinkers as well. And people don't seem to be getting behind him as much as when he first came in. So this could re, sort of revamp him a lot. Do you know uh, what? Just just cutting in really quickly, because I don't yeah. want, when, when you get to your proper predictions, I don't want to keep interrupting. But at this point, do you know what? You're right about Zayn. And I would I would replace who I just I would replace Nakamura. In, in that late four and replace him with Zayn because that's a much better story of having Zayn in from the start it's the Bob Backlund run from 1993 um, of having Zayn in for the hour you know, breaking the hour mark oh my god Sammy could do it and I've got Strowman as my pick haven't I so it makes sense for it to be come down to oh my god Sammy's going to do it and then Strowman just throws him into the fourth row of ringside and that's the way he wins it. So I will amend on what you just said there, Steve. I'm going to amend my pick and go with Zane. And then the floor is now yours. I will not interrupt again. See, what I say makes sense sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, for my number two, um, I would probably say I'd like to see, as you said, with the big entrance, Bala. Uh, but I think it's more likely that someone like Colby will come in with him. Um, just to have the two young guys pumping the crowd up until the next few entrants come in and then start chucking people out. Uh, for my final four, bit of a swerver here. Goldberg, Taker, and Brock. Um, what I said uh, elimination-wise would be Goldberg getting thrown out, Brock laughing at him, then Taker throwing him out at the end. Um, but the fourth person in that four, Kurt Angle. Ooh. So you've got... Um, was that Undertaker winning? Was, it, was that... That's who you've got? Uh... I, I, I don't know. I'd like to see Kurt Angle win it. <laughs> you did you did say previously, didn't you, about someone coming in that was brand new. So there, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. Um, <laughs> this does really, really illustrate well. I think genuinely, I'm going to just try and rattle through a few names here. But I think you can absolutely make a case for Goldberg, for Brock, for Taker, for Strowman, for Jericho, for Rollins, for Angle, for Nakamura, for Joe. I think even for The Miz. When when people was when I was talking earlier on, I was like, I'm going to predict what Paul says. I predicted he was going to say the Miz because I think he's had a good enough run, um, and that's without you know sticking in you know Owens if he loses, Cena if he loses, 
any of those people. I think you've got a legit... I mean, we haven't even talked about the Wyatt family. I don't think at all, have we? So it's like, nope. there is a legit 8 to 10, I think, four of which might not even be in it. I didn't I think I said Balor in that either. You know, there is a legit 8 to 10 contenders, I think, some of whom may never, you know, even get near this Rumble match. You know, and we might just look silly because ultimately it's been they've been saying it's going to be Taker for ages and it just ends up being Taker. But um, how cool is it that we are having this conversation and not just saying it's blatantly going to be X or Y? It's widely open. It's brilliant. I love it. Paul, well, you're... Paul, are you going to give us your uh, opening two and final four? I assume you had something in your mind since you asked the question. Do you know what? I had a vague idea in my mind, but I've just been sketching out while I've been talking to you guys. Opening two um, sort of harks back to what I was saying earlier. My opening two, Cesaro and Sheamus. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. Uh I like that. Um, Be a great start to it. Obviously, get him get them in fresh start the rumble with a bit of energy and then lose them both fairly early because they'll have been you know in the match earlier as well um final four a bit more up in the air i, I keep going back and forth but i'm gonna obviously i'm gonna put my cards on the table i'm gonna say um taker stroman baron corbin who i think they're gonna want to give a good run to um and then if he's in it joe if he's not big cass yeah, I rather like um, I rather like Big Cass. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in a, a question. I, I uh, just before we came on air, I did say um, has any got anyone got any questions that they'd like us to uh, to have a chat about? And I'm not gonna get through all of them. Um, uh, and indeed, uh, yeah, in fact, I think this may be the only one that we go to because I just think the way that the conversation's gone, we don't want to get uh, too far away from topic. But um, uh, one of them uh, coming in from uh, Francis Reyes, and he said, who would benefit the most from the rub? of this year's Rumble. I think he means there's usually someone that's a standout act um, that gets to throw a lot of people out. Like, for example, I mentioned uh, about Backland in 93. I think he would be the fair one that got the rub in that one being in for so long. Um, I think that uh, when Diesel in 94 threw so many out, Reigns a few years ago, uh, Kane many years ago threw a lot of people, even though he was an established star, it sort of raised him back up again. I think there's often been someone that stays in a long time um, and uh, or at least does some standout things um, that really brings everyone to even even Carly. It's usually a big guy, and even Carly, well, I think early in his early days, threw a lot of people out before Taker came and assorted him. So, um, do we see um, do we see anyone in that bracket, boys? I was I would say Big Cass is the one that when you mentioned his name, it sort of jolted to me. I could see him coming in and having a a really sudden impact and uh, and losing a couple of people. But uh, Steve, anyone that jump out to you if we're if we've not already mentioned it? See, this is another question that's really open to me. Um, you, you're right. It, could be big cast but it could be zane but it could be nakamura getting established but it could be bala coming back it could be corbin with the rub there's a lot of people who it could be i'm hoping as you said a little bit earlier zane gets a nice rub from this because he's he needs a rocket and you know he's, he's a good guy so i'm hoping it's zane of course, it's not limited to one person. I mean, there's, there's, there is a way that you can do, you know, Zane from number two right to the end, like I just said, uh, and a way of also having Cass and Corbin batter some people in between and having Joe, you know, debut and smack some people up. There are, you do not have to give, in fact, if you only have one person get, quote, I don't really like that expression, but if you get one person getting the rub, as it were, um, you've probably not done a very good job because you've had one winner, one person getting the rub and 28 straws doing absolutely nothing. Um, so I would say that's the... Uh, not the way to do it. But, um, Paul, um, a couple of names from yourself. I think, um, Corbin, you've already sort of mentioned. Yeah, I think there's, there's essentially, like, uh, you're dead right what you're saying, and I think there's essentially two two key ways of doing it. There's the marathon man way, 
comes in at one, two, three, and lasts all the way to the end. That's one way of getting the rub. And the other one is being the man that chucks a whole bunch of bodies over the top rope. Um, and you can definitely do two of those in, in every rumble if you really try. Um, I think to be to me, it's, it's Braun Strowman's rumble in my eyes. I think he's going to look utterly dominant in the mold of Diesel in 1994. Um, I think I don't I'm, I don't think he'll set or, or beat Roman Reigns' elimination record, but I think he'll throw a whole heap of guys over the top, especially some big ones, maybe the big show. Um, before ultimately being vanquished at the end. So, yeah, for me, Braun Strowman's the guy that gets that rub. Excellent stuff. Um, I think we've um, pretty much covered everything, uh, chaps. And before we go, I think, um, Paul, it's probably worth mentioning just one more time um, what we're up to uh, on Sunday night in terms of uh, one or two little... We didn't, haven't really touched on the, the makeup of the evening itself, so give us a couple of ideas of um, some things that we do that make it a bit different. It's not just turn up and watch some wrestling. You know, we've got our own things going on, and I think we're um, taking one of our events, in London anyway, just up one little notch this year. Yes, we are. Yeah, cheers, Rob. Thanks for that. So, uh, obviously, like Rob says, you know, we don't... Those of you who haven't been to one of our parties before... You're not just coming into the bar, sitting and uh, watching the football on the screens for four hours and then waiting patiently until the Royal Rumble comes on at 12. Um, from eight o'clock, we take over the bar in its entirety um, and the whole night becomes wrestling themed. So we're going to be playing, as as touched on earlier by DJ Steve, uh, we're going to be playing a whole heap of wrestling tunes throughout the night. In London, he'll be playing it live. He's also put a playlist together for us for the rest of the bars as well. Um, the real meat and potatoes of the night starts at nine with our um, infamous Hooked On Wrestling pub quiz. Um, the categories this year um, include Royal Rumble Surprise Entrance. Um, there's, a, there's a category uh, on AJ Styles specifically, so get boning up on those two subjects. Um, after that, we're going to go with a new game we've got um, for this time. It's the True or False game. We'll give you full details on the night, but essentially it's an audience participation game where you're going to be expected to sift between some fact and fiction um, from wrestling. And if you can do that effectively, you might win some cash. Um, the final piece before the Rumble starts at 12 is our favourite part, and it's the costume contest. So we will get you guys on um, promoing in your costumes, if possible. Depends on the technology in the bar itself. It's not always possible, but certainly in London it is to get your theme music playing um, while you come up. There's been some phenomenal ones in the past, and I'm sure we're going to get some phenomenal ones on Sunday. Um, now, really happy to announce that we're going to do something slightly different with it in London this time round. We are actually going to broadcast the costume con uh, contest live um, on Facebook Live, not on our page, which has about two and a half thousand fans. It's going to be broadcast on a Facebook page called Wrestling Memes. Some of you will have heard of that. Um, it's run by a friend of ours, Tom. It's got well over 200,000 followers on Facebook. Um, and Tom is going to be there on uh, on Sunday, and he's going to be filming the entire contest and putting it out live across the world, frankly. So you're not just going to have the 500 eyeballs in, um, in Walkabout on you. You're going to have a hell of a lot of wrestling fans watching what you're doing. So if that makes anyone make the extra effort for the night, then... All power to you. Let's make it the best costume concert yet as we go live on Wrestling Memes. That's a very exciting development because it is so fun um, on the night to um, 
to watch the. Co- it's not just about the costumes, as we said in the previous podcast. It's about being the character, you know, coming up and giving it the full deal. Not everyone, by the way, not everyone comes to win. Some people come to just have the fun and get a moment on the stage. That's cool as well. Um, everyone's welcome to do that. Um, if you are doing so, we ask you on the night to make uh, make yourself known to us before the, uh, uh, the the contest itself. Don't worry about that. I'll take you through that when we're there when we're there on the evening. But yeah, a very exciting development. Uh, I'm a big fan of wrestling memes. I'm sure uh, pretty much everyone listens to this podcast will know about uh, wrestling memes on uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Very very funny account. Um, and uh, but mainly a huge huge wrestling fan. And uh, a really nice guy, someone that me and Paul have known for a little while. So, um, yeah, very happy to uh, be uh, co- coordinating with that. I think we're going to try and get him on the podcast at some point, aren't we, Paul? I think we are indeed. We should do. Uh, and you mentioned the famous quiz. Um, uh, some interesting topics as well. You've uh, had a little bit of a chance as loyal listeners here of the um, uh, of the Hooked On podcast. And you've got a chance to uh, get ahead of the game, as it were, by finding out some of the, um, uh, some of the topics. Here's a question which... Um, I don't believe is in. It better not be um, in the uh, in the forty uh, question quiz. But it is a good little one because it reminded me uh, as I was watching some old Rumble uh, activity over the last few days. Who, gentlemen, first uh, first a shout out wins a brownie point. Who was the person in 2010 that eliminated both Big Show and Mark Henry at the same time? Ooh, I'm drawing a blank on this. Oh. um... I think this should be the point where I do the New Day thing and go, hoo, hoo, hoo. But, but I won't, because it's annoying. You've got us there, Rob. Ooh. It was none other than R-Truth. <laughs> <laughs> there was, a, there was a point in 2010 where they, <laughs> they deemed R-Truth the person that they would eliminate Big Show and Mark Henry. And there is a suggestion, I don't know if this is true, I'd have to go through all the rumbles since, but... Uh, that, uh, that apparently every time big uh, every time Archer has been eliminated from a rumble since it's been by the big show but uh, I don't know if that's true ah, and if, that it is, is if it is true, true that is not true because I saw a clip from last year's rumble where after he did oh, that spear with the ladder Kane lobbed him it out it was Kane that's right yeah you're right so yeah so, so it's not true but maybe up until a certain point maybe it was a show every year but there you go so there's a that's the kind of question because I think that's obtainable and something you might remember um that's the kind of question that you might see something of uh, in the Hooked On quiz on Sunday night. That kind of thing, but also some, as Paul said, some uh, some variations on some themes, and it should be uh, a great fun night. I'm going to be there in London. Paul's going to be there coordinating things. Stevie's going to be running the tunes, and wherever you are in the UK, um, at six different venues, which Paul is going to mention in just a second and tell you once again how you can get your ticket. Um, all of these things will be going on. The wrestling tunes, the quiz, the fancy dress. It's the same across all the venues. We're going to have a great time in London, and I'm sure all the other venues are going to as well. If you're coming, and especially after you come, tell us about it. We want to hear what it's like for you guys. We want to hear your experiences. Um, and you can go onto Facebook, and you can give us, uh, you can review Hooked on Events. You can tell us what you think of us. Um, you can send us private messages if you want. Um, on various channels you can find that on our social media and you can tell us what you think what we could do better what we what we're good at and we do need to know these things we think we know but everything's changing and we'd love to hear you might have a certain little tweak of an idea that might make wrestlemania just that little bit perfect so um whichever show you're going to on sunday um let us know what you thought tell us what venue you were at and uh, what you liked what you disliked we're happy to hear that and also this podcast it's probably where you're listening to it uh, is now on itunes it took its it took its sweet time over christmas and new year um but we have finally uh, turned up on itunes uh, if you're looking at it you can probably see a nice picture 
uh, of Undertaker with hooked on written above the top of him because that's our WrestleMania poster. Yes, we're getting ready for Mania already. That's our WrestleMania London poster. And we've got lots of different posters to roll out uh, for all of the different venues. Um, but if you are listening to us on iTunes, you know, a review there and a, and a five-star rating or whatever star you deem us worthy of. Did they do six-star ratings? Probably only on Kenny Omega and Okada's podcast. Um, but uh, whatever <laughs> you can give us, um, we'd be very happy to receive. And uh, Paul is now going to uh, tell you uh, how you can buy tickets one final time for Sunday. Yep, absolutely right. So once again, if you want to buy tickets for Sunday, if there's only left when you listen to this, the best way to do it is ringsideworld.co.uk, where you can buy general admittance tickets. Um, that's ringsideworld.co.uk. Search for Hooked On when you get there. Um, if you want to book tables in any of the places where we've still got tables available, that being Liverpool, Birmingham and Cardiff, you can do so by calling Shooters Direct on 0845 zero, um, and they will sell you a package with table, beer, Budweiser um, and general entry for £10. Um, so that's £5 entry and then £5 for the table, beer and burger package. Excellent stuff. We hope uh, everyone will... Uh be able to join us. Uh, Steve, thank you very much for uh, participating in tonight's podcast. I'm sure you're uh, even more excited for Sunday, aren't you? I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. It's always a good time. Excellent stuff. Well, uh, thank you, Paul, as ever. Thank you to everyone uh, for listening in. And uh, to close this podcast, it's the only fitting way of doing it since he is the man with the tunes on Sunday. Uh, Steve will now sing us out with his favourite wrestling theme. On you go, Steve. Oh, thanks for this. Thanks thanks for letting me know about this. Um, my favourite wrestling. Thing. No, you're uh, okay. You're well, okay, mate. Unless you, unless, you, unless you really, really want to do it, I'm, I'll spare your blushes on that front. It was just uh, just to put you in the spot. No, we'll uh, we'll end on Wait, the. There, way that we... I've got one. Oh no, he's got I one. Okay, you... I'm cute. I know I'm sexy, and I'm stopping there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent! Thank you very much for that, and we will end in the traditional manager. Uh, in the traditional manager, the traditional manner. Oh, thank goodness, this is smooth and uh, and live. Um, we will end in the traditional man- manner, which is to say, thank you everyone for listening. We will see you on Sunday. And just remember, this is a Hooked On podcast, and it's wrestling. Enjoy it. <laughs>